Good morning. Today's class is Lunishma Yurkun Dian Magdali Sin Benema and Daniel Hakon Ben Yafar Bushal Marav Shamli Amina Dil Mitsara, Elishab Vargaliba Shivalid, Mir Tuvan Chaya, successful Shimayim of Elishab Vanabaga, Dil Mishava, Emir Mishava Shavar, Lishava Rinamaka Tobasha. Also, today's class is dedicated in gratitude to me and the grandson of Aaron. Also, Hatzlacha in everything for Simcha, Ahuva, Yohevitz, Bat Esther. For graduation. Uh, of Aaron, Aaron's graduation. Okay. Also today's class. Please share and rate the podcast. Alright, today's class we're going to take a great book called Free Will Works from David Lieberman. David Lieberman has written many, many books, one of my one of my mentors. And this is just we're gonna talk about today. It's gonna to be a two set class. Today we're gonna to talk about Dealing with, practically dealing with, with, with difficult times. When we have difficult times, it's, it's extremely appropriate to deal with, give it the right meaning in life. Because when we give it the right meaning, then suffering goes away. But if we don't have the right meaning, unfortunately, when we're lost and confused, then unfortunately we, we, give the, we can give the wrong story to something. So today's class will be on, on, on some things, why difficult things happen sometimes. And the second, tomorrow, next week, will, no, I'm sorry, tomorrow's class will be on how to, how to beat the odds when difficult things happen. So how to, how to really get, so it's really a two-set class. I don't know if anybody remembered the class on, uh, a few days ago, we spoke about God operates in two systems. He operates the system of divine province, and he operates on a system called nature. And it's up to us to, de- to determine if we want divine province versus nature. So we're going to, he's going to talk about here practically nine things, nine, nine, nine things you can attribute to a person having difficult times. You know, I, I've, as many phone calls have I had and I've, and situations that I've had, there's certain times in life where, you know, for example, the year 33, I have no idea what it is about the year 33, but the year 33, it's the first question I ask people, are you 33? How did you know I was 33? It's like, a, it's like a time of like, everything just, pretty much, is, it's like a new person being born. And the old person's being, it's forced, you're put in, in, in a position in life where you're forced to grow. Maybe it has something to do with Lagba Omer, where it's, it's the second part of a person's life. I remember when I was 33, my whole life just, <laughs> everything just went crazy. But it, it led me to, 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 to where I am today. So... It's extremely important that we all have different missions. And what he's talking about here is challenges that we have, but sometimes we have a particular flaw in our neshama, and sometimes a person has a specific issue of Gilgalim, which is reincarnations, which is coming here, you know, with a specific soul purpose. And, and he's got a lot of situations in his past lifetime that he has to repair. This is specifically with men. With men definitely are coming. Any man who's here has come back. And you usually, according to Rav Chaim Vital, he says, you, came, you come back to fix one of the things you didn't fix in the previous lifetime. So there's always an issue here of constantly fixing and struggle in situations. And this is why we have to bring heaven down to earth. Because if you just deal with earth itself, all you're looking at is what's wrong, this is not right, this is not. But if we bring heaven down to earth, then we can make sense of all of this. 
So he's saying here, what are the nine things why a person has difficult times? Why does, person, why does a person send a person nisayon? Nisayon in Hebrew means the word a test. Now the whole, the whole world, is, the whole point is if you handle the test right, you get the testimony right. So we have to take the nisayon in the test itself comes also the word nes. So any time in life that you go through some kind of situation in life, there's something, there's something that comes out of it if it's handled properly. The worst thing in the world that you could ever do in life, if I, somebody asks me, what is the worst thing you could do in life? Is live in a victim mindset. That is the worst thing you could do. Because the victim mindset gets you absolutely nowhere. It doesn't get you into growth. It doesn't look, at inward, it doesn't look inward. It's saying the, the problem is outside of me. So it keep, keeps you completely hopeless. So that's the first thing you have, to, you have to completely get out of your head. Any form of slavery, victim mindset, at all cost. The price of being a victim today, come to my recovery centers. You're, you're medicating yourself, you're punishing yourself. Whatever you do, you have to leave that mindset at all costs. And we know that pra- the, the, the practicality of that, Kabbalistically, is when a person's under this victim mindset, he's, he's under the name of Elohim, he's under the name of nature, judgment, din. When a person's able to be a, go into a co-creator mindset and look at things as opportunity, he invokes a different name of God called Yudke Vavke, which is called mercy. So whether or not you have judgment or you have, or you have a form of mercy in your life is the mindset you're living in. This is why we have so many tools today, such as letting go, surrender, um, all kinds of tools just to not get into that mindset. Because that mindset is a very dangerous mindset it can, and it only, things only deteriorate from there. So the first, the first thing he says, this is the first thing why a person goes through difficult times. Number one is when a person transgresses, when you make a sin, when a person transgresses, transgressing means missing the mark. Will, either willingly or unwillingly, his soul becomes tarnished. God therefore gives us the opportunity to cleanse your soul. So anytime we sin, we're sorting, we're missing the mark. We, we tarnish our soul. Right? Good deeds incorporate quality perfection. But evil, unfortunately, when we sin, we become very insensitive. And as, as long as a person has this insensitivity, he needs purification. So anytime that we sin, automatically any kind of difficult times come to clean us out. It's a cleansing. So it's extremely important that, the, that how you handle the cleansing, what that does, anytime that cleanses you. So it cleans your soul, therefore you can now get that awareness again. So this is ex- extremely important that we should always try to humble ourselves or we will be humbled. You understand? Approve yourself or you will be, or you will need somebody else, or, you, or God forbid, you'll, you'll be insulted. It's extremely important that anytime the, the, our higher power, God, is always cl- trying to, is always out to cleanse you right away, to cleanse your vessels. But if you sin, you have to get cleansed. So that's where the first type of difficult times comes for clean. clean it's a cleansing. It's a cleansing for the soul. Let's say the guy is not a good, is very arrogant. So what's going to happen? He's going to have all, everybody against him. 
and people will not get along with him, and he's going to get all kinds of issues. And, and hopefully, from that situation, that will, that will, that humility will will stir repentance. So this is why Rabbi Rush says something very beautiful, and he says the reason, and he takes a Gemara and he says punishment was only created for in an absence of repentance. So the minute you say, "Creator of the world, I want to, I want to talk about the issue. I want to fix my humility." I want to fix my issue here. Right away, punishment is canceled. Because the whole purpose is, is to, t- to cleanse your soul. You clean your soul by, making, by being embarrassed and by confessing. All you have to do is be embarrassed and say, you know, I could do better. I'm better than this. Not I am bad. I am better than this. Remember, we are always, we are the, we are the, 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 the son of a king. Right? But sometimes we're acting like the peasant. So you always have to say, I'm still coming, I come from royalty, but I'm acting like a, like a peasant. Go back to royalty. It's, 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 a, it's a very optimistic way of coming back versus, I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe. Re- separate the person from the act. So the first thing is, is to get you. So when you do his bodhidut, when a person speaks to God every single day, tells him, listen, God, I have to work on this, I have to work on this. There's no need to punish him, really, because he's, he's already gotten God's attention. So when you do your own inventory, you don't need to find out that the store was robbed. You have to, we have to do our daily inventory. So that's the first thing, why, why a person gets, has difficult times, just to awaken and atone him. That's category one issue. Second, he says... It's nat- nat- natural consequence. So the second reason why people go through difficult times is because they make, it becomes, they, be, they get into a loop of irresponsible choices. You know, you could see today, unfortunately, there's the obesity ratio in Israel, I think it's 60 to 70%. Yet, there's, even in the very religious communities, just because you're religious, it doesn't mean you can eat whatever you want and... <laughs> I mean, they have to now, if you look at kosher, if you look at the Israeli, they have to put a, a picture of a, a sugar. I mean, like a, 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 like a, a sugar. Like, by the way, this has sugar. <laughs> like, hello? Obviously, you can't eat that stuff. But you cannot let yourself go. So there's a natural quons- consequence of, it's not a kapara. Kapara means it's a cleansing. This is, is a result of natural consequence. For instance, a person out of all of a sudden, he, he, he lacks, he lacks bitachon, he lacks tr- trust in God. So what does he do? He's going to suffer from anxiety and stress, as the Talmud says, which is going to weaken him phys- physically. So if you're, if you're having all of a sudden, you know, if you, if you lack trust in God, and you look at life as a, as a threat, even though you could be a good person, but you lack trust in God, and you're constantly fearful, you have anxiety, that could weaken you. That could affect your kidneys. That could make you have all kinds of mental health issues. So that's as a result of not having trust. So that's a natural consequence of failure to, 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 to grow in life. And, 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 and if you don't grow in life, you're going to have anxiety. So that has nothing to do with God. That has to do with you fail to take responsibility and, 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 and level up. And recognizing that life is going to get tougher, I have to get tougher, I have to get stronger, or, the, or life is going to catch me. So remember, we're, we're confusing God for what our ego did to us. Or for example, Rabbi Nachman will tell you, you, are the, you have two, two options. You, could be, you can fear God, or you can, you're going to fear something else. 
And if you fear something else, the natural consequences of that is I become subject to what I fear. So if that is the way you operate, it's nothing to do with God. It's your system of consciousness. That's more of a consciousness issue. So you will have less anxiety if you have more trust in God. Nah, I don't, oh, I'm not into this. Okay, so go live in the world that you're in today. Go figure another way to, to have anxiety. So that's a natural consequence. So what happens is, is this is not a, it's not a cleansing process, this part. This is more of a, of a part of natural consequences of, you, of, of a failure. For example, the, if we just learned the Parsha this week, if you fail to learn Torah, you're going to neglect. Then you're going to make fun of the rabbis. Then you're going to get other people against. It was, it's a spiral effect of becoming casual. Gary Newman, if you heard the interview, if you don't wake up and say, what can I do for my wife? Chances are, little by little, your marriage is going to get cold. And then resentment is going to come. And then all of a sudden, you're going to check out emotionally. And then, God forbid, this can happen. That's a natural consequence. So we have to make sure that we never become casual. Because casual, when you're casual with your trust in God, you will be a casualty to anxiety. If you're casualty with your health, you'll be a casualty to obesity. If you're casualty with your Shemirat Abrit, you'll be a casualty to, you know, how'd you get there? So that's not a cleansing. That's natural consequence. That's the number two. Number three, contents and consequence. That's number three. When a person cannot expect that moving sometimes, we're going to talk about the solutions also. But there's times, for example, when there's a, there's, there's a consequence. For example, there's a hurricane. There's a plague. There's a din on the town. God forbid, COVID. There was a din. And it says, when in the time of a din, the righteous or the, whether you're righteous or you're not, you can, God forbid, get, we want to invoke, we want to invoke these judgments. But when there's judgment, for example, inflation, everybody gets infl- infected by inflation. So sometimes there's a consequence on the town. There's a din. There's a judgment on the town. And there's a judgment in a specific place. And that specific place, you are subject to that judgment because of that situation. This is where, uh, you know, it was Sodom. Sodom is going to get destroyed. The, the judgment is on Sodom. So this is where it's good to always change your mazel sometimes because that place itself could have, and God forbid with COVID, there were situations where, you know, people were healthier, it's not healthier, they got affected differently. So this is extremely, health is extremely important. So that's context and consequence. God forbid there's a plague. Whoever who, who heard of a plague? We went through it in 2000, 2020. So that's number three, where it's context, which is a judgment. Number four, negligence. Number four is negligence. Unlike the person receiving an atonement or suffering, we have to very confuse saying, God is punishing me. We have to know. You are punishing yourself. We have to very, extremely be cautious the way you speak. If you are negligent, if you are taking an active addiction, you are negligent. It's, ne- it's negligence. It has nothing to do with God. Remember, we have the option to check in with our Creator. We have mercy or we, we, we leave ourselves to a world of this is what it is. But it has nothing to do with God. God does not change. We go to divine province, then we have extra protection. But if not, we are under these systems. Negligence, when a person has, all of a sudden, he, he has reckless behavior. You know, he, he, unfortunately, you start, you know, you, get, you date 
toxic men. You go, you have toxic situations. You, 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 you neglect your life. You neglect your situations. Negligence itself, itself could be a cause, God forbid, of a person getting, getting unfortunately cleansing. That's why it's extremely important that we don't want... You have to be careful in life that you shouldn't... Don't ask for a miracle to be saved that a cop shouldn't give you a ticket. Because you're going to need real miracles in life. That means Rav Nachman tells us, tells us that anytime we can pay for something, you should not ask for divine favor. If I could pay for it, don't ask for help from above. Because anytime you're asking for help from above, it pretty much gets taken away from your merits. So when you're in a situation where you're getting saved and you're, getting, you're invoking miracles, those miracles go against your nature, go against your credit. So when you really need one, unfortunately, it might not be there. Because you, you, you put, put yourself in a, in a very reckless way. Like, this is, God forbid, you know, you take one, everything today is laced with something. Even marijuana is laced sometimes with fentanyl. So today, fentanyl is a good example that you, you, you smoke anything. You smoke anything. You take anything. It could be laced with fentanyl, six feet under. That quick. Before this wasn't an issue. But now you have to recognize. You see fentanyl, I see people dropping dead every day. One time. Not two times. One time. So you have to recognize this is extremely dangerous. This is negligence. It's extremely dangerous. And you have to recognize it's got nothing to do with God. It has to do with you. The fifth one, soul's root. Sometimes we have our, we come in this world with a specific deficiency or, or, or character flaw that has to be corrected through a, because of a tikkun that we come in this world. It could be that you have to come into this world and you have to come into this world and struggle financially. It could be come that you come into this world and you're going to be given a lot of wealth. And they're going to see, what are you going to do with the wealth? It's going to be a coming in the struggle to struggle in relationships. Or to struggle here. There's always a tikkun that has to be fixed. And you know your greatness on how you deal with that struggle. That's what's extremely important. That whatever struggle we go through, do not take the boat down with you. Just because you're struggling with one thing doesn't mean your whole life. The struggle is declared in one area of your life. It's not declared in every area of your life. But because you see it that way, you'd sink the whole boat. So a person could all of a sudden not be a billionaire and have a wonderful, fulfilled life. And he wasn't declared for him to be a billionaire. So if you're busy, God forbid, chasing the wrong mission, that could be a problem. So part of your soul's root is really, really to, to recognize that there's a, there's a tikkun. And the most important thing is we want to eliminate is any form of jealousy. That means in the best place, you have to recognize that we all come home with some. One guy can't focus. One guy can't stop eating. One guy can't stop, God forbid, with, with promiscuity. One guy can't stop chasing money. We all have this issue. Your test is no better than the other. Whether or not you... Whether or not, and, and it's not like, I read a book, a great book by JLI. They came out with a thing on, 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 the, on, the, on Mazalot. 
And he says, it's not like, and all the, most of the sages say the same thing. God forbid it could be a person that has a tendency to have promiscuity with other men. But he's given a chance always to, to fight it. But you have a tendency to that. You understand? You'll, you'll have a tendency, a yetzahar for this. You have a tendency for this. But it doesn't mean that you're stuck there. That means every situation in life, we're always, we're always given the tools to beat the challenge. You're never given, you're never born in life with defeated tools. Again, I don't want to get into that topic particularly, but we can't just say, I was born that way. It, it's a very, according to our sage, I have not seen a source that said, this is the way you were born. Again, I'm not an expert in this. The research that I've done so far, it's a lot of people have father issues, a lot of people have issues, but we all have a tendency to do it. Some people have a tendency for this issue, but they're giving the tools to defeat it. Listen, how many people want to rob a bank tomorrow? How many people want to go take their car and smack it into a guy who just cut him off <laughs> out of anger. We don't do it because we're going to wreck our own cars. But we all, we've all been there where you feel like taking your car and smashing at somebody on a bad day when he cuts you off doesn't mean you have to act like an animal. But we all have a tendency. doesn't mean because I have a tendency for anger doesn't mean this is who I am. So it's extremely important that your soul's root is part of fixing and repairing. This is exactly why you always have to have the attitude. I am broken, but that's where the biggest light is in. Yes, you'll always have something broken in your life. You'll, oh, nobody's whole, nobody's perfect. Something is always off, and that's what we come to our Creator with. We are, perf we're, we are perfectly imperfect, and you should smile with the, your imperfections, and you shouldn't care. The more we try to hide our imperfections, the more we try to hide from our challenge, the less likely we're vulnerable, we will suffer, we will suffer mentally. I'm perfectly imperfect. And that, you should understand that part. And, and that will live your life, you won't care. That's why the Zohar says, we are blackened with sin, but we're still beautiful. Your attitude should always be, yes, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, but I'm still beautiful in your eyes. I'm good enough, but I could always do better. See the difference between I'm ugly, I'm not good enough, that is completely out of it because you were given that tikkun, you were given that mission, you were given that on purpose, on purpose. The sixth reason why a person can go through hard times is because he needs a wake-up call. Rabbi Nachman has said this many times, that when you are living life in an average lifestyle, then what's going to happen you're not going to move yourself. So on purposely, what God's going to do is He's going to make you fall. And it'll be divinely ordained that you should fall. Because through that fall, you will end up getting, you will be, let's say you're a C student in life. And you're not going to go anywhere with it as a C student. You're just never going to go on top, but you're never going to fail. That's not so good in heaven. Heaven would rather you fail to eventually get the A. Because the whole purpose of, of Hasidus and the whole purpose of life is renewal, not being average. You're alive when you're going up and down in life. You're running or you're returning. So when you live a life, when you live a life too average, you get wake-up calls in life. To get you to all of a sudden fail, so that failure will, will get you to humility, which will eventually get you to an A. 
So wake-up calls are actually blessings from above. Wake-up calls are blessings from above. God forbid sometimes the wife says, I gotta get a divorce in order for the husband to get a wake-up call to restart that marriage. So wake-up calls are, 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 are also a, a reason, and again, this is tough stuff to listen to, but these are nine things why things, difficult things happen to a person. Seventh, the seventh is barriers and barricades. Sometimes God sets roadblocks not to keep us from making poor, poor choices in life, but to prevent us from putting ourselves in unproductive, dangerous environments. Let's say you didn't make it in that school. In that school, you would have been, met the wrong people who we would have ended up with, God forbid, an active addiction. Or you broke your foot and that broke, breaking your foot saved you from taking the trip that would put your life in jeopardy. How many times has that happened? You know, all of a sudden, I, I, I never forget this, this, never forget this example in my life. One time, I lost money on something. And that money I lost prevented me from going into a deal. And because I lost that money, which is 1%, 10%, I would have lost 100% in the deal. So losing that money itself was actually the greatest favor because he saved me a little lot. You didn't have the money to go into the other deal. The other deal, you would have been destroyed. So sometimes those little deals, those little losses prevent you from big losses. Sometimes God saves you and he, he breaks your heart, but he saves your soul. He, he prevents that relationship from working out because he knows that relationship long-term would be a disaster for you. It would, it would emotionally bankrupt you. So we have to always say, Toda! There's one thing in life that gets you past everything. It's called the word Toda. Toda, thank you. Thank you, it, it takes the batteries out of everything. Gratitude takes the batteries takes a resistance, and most importantly, when a person is able to say, to say have gratitude, when things are not going his way, that is the biggest glory of God. You're glorifying God in a very, very dark place. And that is the biggest thing we could do. So get in the habit of saying to that, we don't know the whole picture. Sometimes we walk into a movie, we see a barricade, we complain, he's saving you. How many times did we hear? The guy missed the bus and he, didn't, he missed the train, he didn't get into 9-11. How many times do we hear those examples? So these little things that appear to be headaches, God forbid, take them. Take them. Number eight, interdependency. It's extremely important that we are all connected. As much as we think we are not all connected, we are all connected. That means... When we are praying, when, when cholesterol needs a, a kapara, sometimes, God forbid, something happens to, to, to cleanse out everybody. So we have to always recognize that sometimes, God forbid, there's a, there's a, there's an, we're all interconnected. So just because your friend, let's say we're on a boat, and your friend all of a sudden, next thing you know, your friend is sinking a boat, is putting a hole on a ship. And what do you say? Well, it's your cabin. What do I care? You should care. Because what's going to happen is the whole boat is going to sink. When you see your friend doing wrong, that affects you. It affects the judgment on cholesterol. So this is why it's extremely important. 
Prime example, interdependency. 24,000 students died. They were all interdependent on each other. There was, a, there was a gezerah on the people. So it's extremely important that, God forbid, there's a decree. It's because there's a, there's a bad consciousness amongst all of us. And the way we do this is with basis love. That means you can have communities that are very religious but very judgmental, and there could be, a, God forbid, a decree on that situation. Because what happens is din. And you can have communities that are very loving to each other, and they love each other, and there's love between them, and that could save them from a decree. So it's extremely important that we are all interdependent. We are all interdependent. Don't think it's just my problem, your problem. You have to do whatever you can. Rabbi Nachman tells us very simple. He says, when you grow, the minute you go up from your level, you know what happens? You're automatically taking somebody else up. That means think about... Think about, for example, these classes today. I decided to fix my life. Next thing you know, I decided to learn Rabbi Nachman. Next thing you know, I decided to teach classes. There's thousands of people benefiting from this. Thousands of people have grown, and they've grown others, and they've grown others, and they've grown others. Just look at that compound effect of mercy that's happening from one podcast. One person making a decision. So imagine today, tomorrow, you decide you're going to grow, grow, and how many people you can lift up. And because you lifted them up, they automatically lift other people up. So we are all interdependent. You cannot make this about you. You have to make this about the whole. Because when, when the boat goes down, everybody goes down. Our job is to prevent these things from happening. And I think we've all seen what it is to have a natural calamity, natural disasters today where everybody's affected. Everybody's affected, but we could be saving. And the ninth reason why we go through difficult times is because we are living in the footsteps of Mashiach. This is a, where we're, we're getting closer and closer to the times of Mashiach, and the closer and closer we are, the more hotter it gets and the more difficult it gets in life. So this is times where we all, again, where we could, tomorrow I'm going to talk about ways on how to try to sweeten this judgment. But you do have to recognize difficult times, give it meaning with difficult times. We'll talk about tomorrow how to, get, how to try to sweeten the difficult times, etc. Hashem, help us all. That we should all change. And one of the reasons, Rav Nachman says, how do you know you have a decree on you? is your lack of joy. Lack of joy is the one way to know you have, you have the, God forbid, a decree in heaven. When you, have, when, you have, when you lack joy when you do something, when you lack joy in anything, you can't get joy when you do something, that's a problem. Because joy is connected with what? The go, joy is connected with the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence. So this is why it's extremely important. The greatest ways, the greatest ways to a person practically to, to be safe from any decree is to be able to work on constant joy. It's the most important thing I could tell you. I never forget this example. We were all stranded in Moldova. We were coming back from this crazy trip that we went on. And by, basically they told us, hey, the airlines, we don't know, we don't know. we're in Moldova. That means that, that's already after 100 borders that you're going through. And, and hours and hours and hotels in Moldova. I mean, you're lucky if you get half a star in Moldova. 
and all of a sudden you're ready to go to, to go to Turkey. Next thing you know, the, the, the flight completely, we don't know where it's going. We don't know what's happening. So you basically saw people coming from Oman. You saw about seven or eight different people. You saw the religious Jews. You saw the, the, the American Jews. You saw the American Jews were on the phone. The Israelis were screaming. Uh, everybody had that moment and everybody got tested. And there was a group of Breslov guys just dancing and dancing and dancing in the middle of this chaos. Just dancing in the middle of the chaos. Dan- Imagine you're in a hurricane, they were dancing in the middle of the... St- the hur- or, or, nobody knows what the hell... The, the, the people from... U- the Ukrainian people were going crazy. These people dancing. And all of a sudden, what did they do? They started dancing. And they started taking more people to dance. And more people to dance. And all of a sudden, you had a bunch of people dancing. And guess what? Miracle, the plane's going to go off. So the power of Nachman says, when you have a, there's no greater way to break a decree than to start dancing. It means if you're able to dance in the middle of the storm, this breaks every decree. Because what, why dancing specifically? Why dancing? Because practically, where do you think judgment goes to a person? Affects two, affects two places in his body. Affects his hands, his hands are his aspect of his faith. His hands are down, right? He puts his hands down. And his feet, both of those represent judgment. The judgment goes to the feet and to the hands. The sluggishness. So when you're picking up the hands and picking up the feet, you're dancing. When you get good news, what do you do? You jump up and dance. Because what happens? Where, do you get, where are you getting that energy from? It's you're getting the energy from the heart. The heart pumps the, pumps the, the blood into the hands and feet you start dancing, and that breaks the decree. So that's another thing. Start dancing. Dancing is the best way to break a decree. You have bad news, start dancing. It's a, it's a, it, Rav Nachman, they, they had decrees in Ukraine. Not decrees that you're going to have Biden as a president for 40 years. That's enough of a decree. Decrees that your kids are going to go into the Russian army, the Cantonese army. Imagine they told you your kids tomorrow... You're losing your kid. He's going into the, the Russian army. You have no idea. That, that's a decree. Rabbi Nachman says, through dancing, he used to dance and clap with people, especially at weddings and occasions. Because what, what do you normally do? You worry, you go crazy. They, he pushed off that decree 20 years just by dancing and clapping. So it's extremely important that we do the opposite of what gets us into the mess. Whatever gets you into the mess, do the complete opposite. Hashem help us all. Tomorrow's class will be on how to sweeten some of these judgments. Have a great day.